All right. Let's turn to Nehemiah. I don't have a lot to say, but I say that every Sunday. I shouldn't say that anymore. Nehemiah 6. I've been doing a series on Nehemiah. How many guys have been... How many guys know that I was doing a series on Nehemiah? Okay, good. You guys follow along. Some people... Um, a lot of people have come up and said it's really blessed them. I've been preaching this message prophetically. Um, you know what prophetically means? Just knowing, understanding the seasons and also foretelling the future. I feel like God wants us to prepare for the next season of building. Okay, verse 6. I mean, chapter 6, verse 1. Now when it was reported to Sambalat, Tobiah, and Geshem, the Arab, and to the rest of our enemies that I had rebuilt the wall and that no breach remained in it, although at that time I had not stopped, I had not set up the doors and the gates. Everybody say they had not set up the doors and the gates. Okay, good. That was a lot, but you repeated it. It's good. <laughs> and Sambalat Megeshem sent a message to me saying, Come, let us meet together in the plain of Ono. Ono is like an area in, in that region where it was lush. It was fruitful. It was like uh, Harrison Hot Springs. West Vancouver. We went to West Vancouver last week. It's like lush water. Just feel relaxed. We go there. So it's like that kind of area. Hey, let's come to a neutral place so we can relax. You don't have to build. You're almost finished. How many of you guys know the enemy always comes with an offer that's enticing right when you're about to finish something in your life? I've known that to be true. For all those years of ministry and life, walking with God, every time I'm about to finish and I'm tired physically, the enemy wants to take me away from God's work. Just remember that David fell with Bathsheba when he rested on the rooftop. I shouldn't say rested, let me correct that, he relaxed. When he took a break, how many of you guys know you don't take a break from God's work? You don't take a break from God. I know some of you guys are saying that, and I've heard that, and I know what you mean by that. But let's change that language. We don't take a break from God. We don't take a break from our faith. We rest in God once a week, but we refocus so that we can go back to work. Relaxing is not resting. That's why you're still burnt out. <laughs> they sent messages to me four times in, the ma in this manner, and I answered them in the same way. Verse 3, I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work. I cannot calm down. Everybody say, I'm doing a great work. Why should I stop and come down to you? Why should I come to your level and operate in this and that's a good thing, but it's not a great thing. I'm doing a great thing. A lot of you guys are entertaining the enemy's good things in your life because you have no great thing. That, that, was, that was good. Then Sambalat sent his servant to me in the same manner a fifth time with an open letter in his hand. Everybody say open letter. It is written, it is reported among the nations 
that you and the Jews are planning to rebel. Therefore, you are rebuilding the wall and that you are, that you are to be their king according to these reports. Everybody say reports. So if they, can't, if they can't get you with distractions, deceptions, confusion, they're going to get you with defamation. Straight up lies. This is a serious accusation because King Artaxerxes at that time killed his own brothers because he thought they were going to rebel against him. Just a thought, just an accusation. How many of you guys know accusations, uh, even if it's not true, it just needs to be plausible? This is a serious thing. His, his life is in danger, spreading reports. If the enemy can't get you with distraction, confusion, Good thoughts are not God thoughts. Always go to his number one card that breaks churches, groups, and even friendships, relationships, and families. It's always the same card. It doesn't deem people change, cities change, churches change, but demons the same they do the same thing throughout generations even in the time of Nehemiah and the reason it works is because we are so dumb that we keep falling for it it is a stronghold it is a powerful weapon against the church because the church is the answer to the city I know some people are praying for new politicians and new governments. That's not the answer. Governments and politicians and whatever, they're, they're a representation of the people's desires. It's a reflection of the state of the country. And the church has not done the job of the grassroots work of raising up people of kingdom-mindedness that the governments reflect us. So it's not about changing the governments only, it's about changing the people with a long-term vision, three generations down the line. We're building a church for our great-grandchildren here. You guys following? So the enemy hates the church. If you read, I've said it in the past, like a couple of weeks ago, even in chapter 2, they were the, the enemy, Sambalot and Tobiah, his sidekick. Sambalot is the main guy. The Tobiah is the sidekick. <laughs> they were angry, but in the Hebrew, they were raging. They, they're, they're like water was boiling, like the emotional water level was boiling, and they were enraged. I remember when I was growing up, and my mom used to get enraged. You guys, you guys are familiar with when your parents get raged? My kids know. I, can I just be honest? Sometimes I get, I fall into that spirit, the generational spirit of rage in my family. I don't do that anymore, right, children? But when they were kids, when my kids used to, when they used to like cross the line, 
when they just kind of keep pushing and pushing and they cross the line, my eyes just go boom. And then all of a sudden, Isabel would be like, oh no. I just pushed that button. And it's going to take some time for it to unwind. That, like, that rage. And Zach knows. Isabel would know how to soothe me. She was just like, she would just say, keep kissing me. Try to calm me down. But Zach didn't know what to do. <laughs> Speak, boy. He just didn't know. He was just paralyzed. He's so scared. Isabel would be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to tame the lion. I'm going to tame the lion. That's what she would do. Just ki- keep kissing me like over until, okay, fine. It's that, it's that kind of rage. It's like something flipped. It's a spirit. It's like a raging spirit. And the enemy was using these people to rage against the building of the wall The wall was built and it's a symbol of creating a safe place for the temple where Ezra, the priest, will be able to preach the word and revival could happen. Because right after this is Malachi. Malachi said he would turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the father in a safe place where Malachi would say it will be preparing the way for the Lord, and then 400 years later, Jesus would appear and he would be our Messiah. And in the same way, Jesus left that same kind of mandate to us as we build the church and we build the walls and put, create a sanctuary, a place of sanctity, where this place is holy for the Spirit of God to manifest and the Word of God is preached without apology. By the means of the Spirit. And these words are not just information. It's revelation in your heart. That it will penetrate your heart. And it will transform lives. And it will make hearts that are like rock into flesh. That's not, I can't do that. That's revival. Church is being beautified for the return of Jesus. That's our job. How many guys know Jesus is going to return? Some people are like, maybe. How many guys know Jesus resurrected? He promised to come back. But not as a baby this time, as the ascended king. And everybody, there will be no doubt. Oh no. There will be the people going, oh no, in the valley of the oh no. I'm glad Jenny's here. She likes, she likes my jokes. <laughs> and the people who are anticipating working hard, building, they'll be saying, Jesus, we have built this for you. Now finish the job. Just like when my kids, I told Zachary when he was younger, I said, clean up your room. He's like five or six. It's like bookshelves. He's like, how? How? I said, just figure it out. Clean up your room. He's like cleaning up his room and he was putting all his like little cars, like, you know those little toy cars? What is, ah, just forgot. Hot Wheels. <laughs> Got like hundreds of them and he's like lining them up everywhere, color coded. And, he, and then he thinks that's cleaning up. I'm like, it's not cleaning up. It's called rearranging, son. What does rearranging mean? What you just did, son. 
You need to put it back in the box. And he put it back in the box and he'll try his best to clean up. And then I came and I will finish the job. How many of you guys know the church may not be perfect? Sometimes we don't even know how to do things. We may not even arrange things properly. We may not even clean things up. We may not even do it exactly as God wants it. But if we align ourselves with God and as we do our best, God will come and finish the job. He's coming for a beautiful bride. It's really interesting that I was with a bunch of pastors and we're sharing our war stories. My gosh, I thought I had it tough. I actually felt like, oh, wow, there's other people going. Every single person had a story, scar wounds from years of ministry. How many of you guys know ministry is not hard because of preaching and administrating, although I hate administration? It's the people. Although I love you guys. You guys are dangerous. <laughs> Scary. This is, you guys read my book? It's in the book. <laughs> Scary people. Wow. We were naive, naive back then, but we're more aware now. It doesn't mean that we have suspicion. We have discernment. Two different things. So, God is going to come and beautify the bride. Do you have that picture, Anson? Let's give Anson a... So faithful. <laughs> faithful and little, faithful and much. So, I just drew, this is Revelation 21. This is what our church is built on. This is our dream. Build the church. Build the bride. Beautify the bride. How many of you guys know the bride is the church of Christ? He's our bridegroom. We're the bride, the church. Amen? So beautify the bride. It's talking about the greater church and also the local church. All together, just talking about the church. Do your job. Build a beautiful church, beautiful bride. And then it says, this bride suddenly turns into a city. So the bride is coming down from heaven. End of all time, when it's about the return of the king. The bride is coming down to meet the king. And then the bride all of a sudden transforms into a city. And in this city, there's no more temple. No more churches. Because the whole city is the temple. The whole city is the place of God's dwelling. And the city actually becomes a cube. If you measure it, if you look at all the measurement, it's, and it's really interesting why they keep measuring everything. Measure it, and then it becomes a perfect cube. And there's only one place in the Old Testament where the cube was evident, and it's in the temple, in the Holy of Holies where the presence of God manifested. And he's saying that that cube is the city. The city will be a place where God dwells unhindered. That's our dream. That's why we're here. We're not here for barbecues, though barbecues are good. We're not here just to get into life groups and talk about our highs and lows. We're here to empower one another to manifest the presence of God in our city as we beautify the bride. That's why the enemy hates the church. The future of our city depends on what we're doing right here. Why didn't everybody do that? Why didn't every church have this vision? They do. 
maybe not as clearly and straightforward as I am teaching you, but the whole purpose of this city, of this church, is to manifest God's presence in the city. Can't be a silo. Though God, God's people will come here and feel the blessing and feel the presence, we need to revive and then release people into the city so they may be the manifestation of God in the city. That's why God will never, ever give up on the church. Never. They will, no matter how awful, how many church divisions, how many bad pastors and people who've squandered the name, I mean, squandered money and adulterous affairs and leaders falling and all that. And we hear that all the time. But it will ne God will never, ever, He will always raise up something else from the ashes. Because He will not renege on His promise. God's not like, oh, you know what? I made a mistake about, I made a mistake. I'm going to do something else now. I'm going to do like some kind of or something or some kind of other ministry no church though it doesn't work that way amen yeah that's the great work if you don't believe that you'll get distracted you'll, you'll get easily deceived and confused with good things Good thoughts, raising a family and having children, those are good things. And then they may even be godly things because God has called you to that, to raise the family in this city with such godliness that you will be the beacon of light. You will be the city on a hill. But it must be aligned to this vision. Everything we do is to beautify the church, to beautify the people in the church. How many of you guys know people make up the church? To restore them to their identity and God's design so they may be powerful people. How many of you guys believe you're powerful? You're powerful people endowed by the Spirit of God and gifted to do works, wonders, miracles. And manifest the presence of God in your life as, it's, as Peter's shadow healed people. It wasn't the shadow, it was his presence. You guys following me? Hmm. So, let's just get to a couple things. Oh my gosh, it's almost 11.30. So he said, let's spread some false reports about him. Let's get an open letter. Open letter means that anybody can read it. It's not sealed. Anybody can read it. Like you post something on Instagram about something else, everybody can read it. We're living in an open letter season of our lives where anybody can post anything anonymously like a coward. I used to, I used to remember when we didn't have social media and people actually used to tell people face to face <laughs> what the problem was. I prefer that. At least I know who's my enemy. Anonymous John Smith, or who are you? Smear campaign. Same old playbook. How many of you guys know Satan is the father of lies? And we wonder 
why his number one tap tactic in our lives to divide the church is rumors, innuendos, gossip. Now, I've been doing this for how many years? How old are you, son? 25 plus 4, 29 years. Every church that has been divided started with a, I just want to share something. I just have some concerns to somebody else with the other person not there. And it spreads. <laughs> Charles Spurgeon says this, lies can get around the world before truth can get its shoes on. Charles Spurgeon, lies can get around the world before the truth can get its shoes on. And he, he wrote that a long time ago before social media. Let me guys know anything can spread like virus if you just suggest it and it's plausible. I'm saying this to you because the enemy has a tactic to destroy this beautiful thing that we're trying to do. Can you, you guys mind if I just expose the enemy's tactics a little bit? This will be the number one tactic. If can't get you with anything else, oh, these guys are focused. Wow, that pastor is preaching on like, oh, God exposed at the confusion. I, I'm not deceived. I know what's going on. I listen to his podcast. I, I understand now. I'm down. Oh, yeah, I know. Oh, man, I'm woke. I'm woke. I'm woke in the right way. Hmm. Well, if he can't get you with that, then he'll start to like innuendos. The leader about each other. You know why people fall for it? Because you're not doing a great thing. Because you're bored. Because it's fun. Interesting. Oh, what? They did what? Because it takes you out of your boredom and routineness of life. Something interesting. What? Really? Calvin proposed to Jenny? <laughs> but his ring wasn't that good. <laughs> Although it's really beautiful. <laughs> maybe he doesn't have money. I don't know. I don't know. No, let's not talk about him, but you know, maybe it seems a little, I don't know. And you start to, and then people start to, reticular activating system, top of mind. And now we're starting to get confirmation bias of his weakness. You guys understanding the words coming out of my mouth. It's always, it is said, Sambalot said, it is said, it is reported. Anytime somebody comes to me and they want to say something to me or challenge me on something I don't mind challenge if you're somebody that I trust you can challenge me if I don't know you I'll just stop you I don't know you I don't need to hear what you have to say right now sorry but if you're like a leader of the church or somebody I trust if my son comes and say dad what do you think about this I'll receive that and go oh we'll go back and forth but some people come and they're like intimidated by me that's what the word is intimidated it's not called intimidation it's called the authority so you come and you're like, you know, I'm, I don't know, but some people have said, some people are saying, 
I've heard people like come to me when it's like two people. And I always say, who? How many? And I said, don't ever do that in my presence. You say. You're bringing it up to me because you think. You just tell me straight up what you think. So I don't let my leaders ever do that. I've heard in the church, they were coming to me. First of all, why are they coming to you? She talked to me. Secondly, you said. That's what you think. Because if you didn't think that, you would challenge them and put them in the right place. You guys following what I'm trying to say? <sighs> hmm. Tongue is a fire. It's a fi- it causes fires, like forest fires. It just, if you ke- don't keep it checked, it could destroy a church. How many of you guys know we've been doing this a long time and we've had all kinds of things said about us? The Bible says it's a reward when people persecute you falsely. So then my wife and I, we got a lot of reward. <laughs> all kinds of things. You know, I can't even name it. I just so many crazy, crazy things. I'm like, where'd you get that? Oh my gosh, it's not even true. It's just accusations. It just has to be plausible. It's just people spread it. People like to gossip. People like to, but you know, it's just like they're just talking. They're just talking. And I just want to let you know, those kinds of things, it's not, it's not about me. You guys know I'm pretty secure. Well, in my old age, I wasn't back then. Uh, it's not, I'm not saying this so that you don't speak. Of, you can create a culture of division. And if you, if, if, you start, if, I, if you start allowing that in our church, and it will just, you start talking about anything, and, and anyone. Sure enough, it will start to wear down the church and break it down, and it will cause an unsafe place. If you're going to speak about anyone, you... You should eulogize them before they're dead, which in the Latin means put them in a good light. How does God see them? Amen? How many guys know that this is one of the things that God hates? Proverbs 6, 16. There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run evil, and a false witness who breathes out lies. And to be a false witness, you don't have to do it on purpose. It could be unintentional. Just spreading things around. It's an abomination. It actually freaked me out when my mentor told me that. You know, can I tell you a story? I had somebody I was eating lunch with that I respected. It was like an international leader. I was speaking and I was like, he said, how are you doing? And I said, well, I'm not doing too well. And I started talking about my 
one of my leader, my me one of my mentors that are mentoring me, and I said, well, you know, he hasn't done something, and I was just kind of, it was like slightly negative. It wasn't even that negative. How many of you guys know? He was just, he was like slight, because I honored him, like, I love him so much. I don't know, he was like the best. He's the best father in my spiritual father I've ever had, but then you know, he was like slight, slight, and then stop me right in the spot. He goes, he's not here, so stop talking. I was like, I was like eating my sushi and I just almost dropped the fork and my wife was looking at me like that's <laughs> she looked at me like that's what I've been telling you and it was just slight it was, if I, it was so innocuous it was like but it was slightly negative and he said to me directly he's like he's not here so you should talk to him directly in fact let me talk to him for you because it seems like you have this issue, and if, if you're not talking to him, I'll, I'll give you about a few days, and then, oh, shoot. Sorry I brought that up. That's what's going to happen when you come and talk to me about somebody else. That's the culture I want to create. Tyler's like, well, you know, Jacob's my best friend, but sometimes when he... Be quiet. Tyler, he's not here. You go talk to him. I'm going to give you three days to talk to him. And I'm going to call him up. And I'm going to say, Tyler came and talked to me. Did he talk to you yet? He's got an issue with you. That's what's going to happen. You guys okay with that? You guys okay with that? That's me. I'm trying to create that culture. Because it's an abomination to God. Because he breaks the community. He breaks that vision. It breaks that. We can't do that. You get distracted. We can't do the great work because of that. Because you're dividing the church. We can't do that. This is so, it seems so innocuous, so silly. That's why it works. It's because the enemy will always say, it's not that serious. Come on, we're just talking. Get a counselor. Talk to somebody trustworthy. Somebody outside. Somebody who doesn't know the parties. Can, you, can I just give you an old age wisdom? Can I give you some old age wisdom? What I found in life is that if people start talking about, talking to me about somebody else, that person will eventually talk about me. It's happened all the time. Amen? We don't want to pollute the water of the river of God. Because it is a river that runs through Genesis all the way to Revelation. It is always a river that runs through it. How many of you guys have seen a nasty river? Oh, yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> but most rivers that is rushing waters is clear, crystal clean. Drink from it. That's what the Bible symbolizes. But when we get stuck and mired in all this controversy and gossip and confusion and deception, that's why I'm pounding on this because we have a, such a beautiful thing. We got so much potential, Rain City. My goodness, don't let the enemy ruin it. That's what, do not be a pond. You know, when you play golf, my, I need to work on my swing. When you play golf, the ball goes into the pond. Do you jump into the pond to get your ball? If it was a rushing river, I would try because it's clean. But that pond is nasty. You jump in, you're going to die. You're going to get sick. <laughs> That's what happens. Unfortunately, most churches, many churches, 
I would say many churches are like pawns, not going anywhere, not doing anything, just backbiting, gossiping, complaining about everything. Complaining is a precursor to gossip, and gossip is a precursor to slander, and slander is an abomination, an abomination God hates because it destroys this vision. He doesn't hate you. He hates what you're doing because it destroys the community. How many guys know he cares about you and what you're going through, but he also cares about us? So Nehemiah says, fight! Trowel, dig, work, build the wall, and a sword on the other. Always be ready to fight. Be alert for the tactics of the enemy. Never let your guard down. Never relax and go, oh, the enemy, he'll leave me alone today. I had a hard day, enemy. Please, time out. Can we do a time out? You can get me tomorrow. Demon, just leave my house. Let's watch, let's watch TV together, okay? Okay, you want to watch that? Okay, we'll watch it together. Okay, come on. That's called compromise. Why would you tolerate the enemy coming in your house to destroy you? Some people tell me, like, you're not very pastorly. Because I'm not a pastor. I'm just the leader of this church. I don't have that pastoral gift, but I am the leader, the father of this house. And this is the house that my wife and I are called to build. And this is a house, if an enemy comes in, you guys know I have a bat in my house? Jenny's like, you have ever used it? Sometimes. I didn't use it on people, but I went down because I, I thought it hurt something. I'm always vigilant. Do you understand? I'm ready to fight. If anything enters my mind or enters the church that is not godly, it's gonna, has the potential to destroy the church. I'm ready to fight. I'm not going to fight against you. I'm not going to argue against you. That would distract me. But I'm going to go to the Lord and say, destroy those lies in Jesus' name. And if it gets too big, then I will make sure that growth is eradicated. That's my job. You don't think I'll do it? I've done it many times to keep the sanctity of the church. You're scary. You're a scary pastor. I told you, I'm not a pastor. The father of the house that will protect his children from being deceived, attacked, division, sword. And then it says, Nehemiah said, I'm almost done. And then some people were watching in Nehemiah 4, they were... They prayed night and day. Some people were on guard praying night and day. They were watching. They were... They were assigned to continuously watch and pray. Like, I love Catherine, who's continuously praying, devoted to prayer. I told her today, you're going to be like Anna. You're going to see the manifestation of Jesus before other people. Because of your intercession, you're the watcher. You know, when we were in our meeting in Abbotsford, one of the things my wife and I realized is that, oh, we had a lot of amazing international prophets come into our old church. And when things were going I didn't even know things were kind of awry, but they would sense it. And one of our, one of, like, maybe very famous person came and he said, 
you know that one of your associates, I see a dark cloud around him. And I said, that's what? That's my right hand. I knew that kid since he was 19. I raised him up for 12 years. Discipled him myself. My wife and I, we loved on him like our own son. No way. You're seeing wrong. I know you're the, you have a record of accuracy, but I think you, the Chinese food in Vancouver is not working right now. <laughs> he was absolutely right. And everything that happened, I went up to him in a conference. I said, hey, man, how come you didn't elaborate? He goes, you didn't ask. There's people who are watching constantly, people who are on alert. Who do you have that are continuously watching and praying for you and you've given permission to speak into your life and keep you safe from going off in directions, being deceived, confused, even like telling you to stop that. Remember, we're not nice, we're kind. And kindness brings people to repentance. And for repentance to happen, there needs to be truth spoken. Who are they? Who are they? Lastly, continuously to do the great work. Even your work, when you go to work, you know that you're part of a great work. And have it in your mind that even though I'm just like building that wall every day and it doesn't look like much, I'm building that wall, I'm preparing this, I'm doing my part for the word of God to be preached, for the kingdom of heaven to manifest, and the Lord to do his great work. I am part of a great work because I have surrendered my life to Jesus and he is my one thing. And nothing formed against me shall prosper, no gossip and no slander. Nothing, no confusion, no deceptions. I will be empowered to carry out the mission that God has called me to do. If you don't have that great work mentality, if you don't feel like we're part of something great, the city, in the world, globally, from when I'm going and traveling and I'm telling you amazing things are happening, if you're just applauding, but you're not, you're, you don't feel like you're part of the game, you're part of the game, like, let me pray for you. Let me sow into that. Let me give you some funds. Let me, let me go with you to Africa. If you're not part of that, let me, how can I help you with this church? How can I help build this church? Is it making bread? Is it making some... Thank you, Callie and Jenny. She said, well, we need to have better snacks. And they start baking stuff. Like, that is the heart. They're doing something great. What can I contribute? I can make some walnut bread. How many of you guys know that's part of the great work? You don't have to be standing up here to feel like you're part of the great work. It's just we're all doing this together. That's why Nehemiah said, go down to the area where it's your clan, it's your house, it's your family. We're our family. We're, this is our family. And we can't be speaking about each other in a, light, in a way that diminishes God's identity in our lives. We should be building each other up. Leave the correcting to the leaders and even people who you trust that know that you, they believe in you. I don't let anybody speak to me that I don't think that they believe in me. 
That's why I let my wife speak to me that way. Correct me. Sometimes harshly because I know she believes in me with her life. Amen? Let's stand. I said a lot today. I knew I told you I wasn't going to say a lot. But... <laughs> this, is how, this is what happens when I'm tired. Just to start speaking. How many got the, just the spirit of what I was trying to say? Got the gist? Amen? I know this is like... We're, like we're post-COVID now, so everybody has hand sanitizers. You can join hands with somebody next to you. If you don't feel comfortable, just touch your shoulder. Yeah, cross the aisles. You know, I've been hesitant to say this word for a long time. Because how many guys know when you react to an error, you also are in error? So one of my associates really took this word and really messed it up and defiled it. So I, I didn't want to say it. But really, it's not his word. It's, the, it's God's word. Nation, tribe, clan, father's house. This church is the father's house. And my wife and I represent him. This is our house. And nobody's going to come in to this house and mess it up as long as I'm here. And my wife is here. Person next to you, left and right, they're your brothers and sisters. same blood flows through all of us. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. And we all have the same great work ahead of us to build this church, to manifest the presence of God in the city. I believe the revival is going to happen in Vancouver. It was almost happening in my last time around but one of the mistakes we made is we, we became too siloed this time we're not going to do that so Lord we pray for spirit of truth love and even reconciliation and repentance that our mouths will be checked by each other and hey they're not here let's, let's not talk about let's, let's talk about them in a positive beautiful way Be a prophetic culture. See in each other what God sees. Always speak words of empowerment, encouragement. Speak identity. We are sons and daughters of God, co-heirs with Christ. Endowed by the Spirit of God to manifest His presence. To raise the dead. Heal the sick. Cast out devils. That is our mission. Cast out devils in the city. Raise, its, raise the dead, physical and spiritually dead. Heal the sick. Let this be a sanctuary of empowerment.
empowerment, identity, safe place to grow so that we may go out. messengers of Jesus Christ. So I eradicate the spirit of deception, gossip, slander. I eradicate you right now. Repeat after me, if you will. Father, forgive me for participating in slander lies even un unwittingly forgive me Lord I repent let my mouth be an instrument of your peace of your prophetic words build this church up. We thank you for Rain City. Give you all the blessings. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Woo! That was good.